Ladies and gentlemen, I have a new favorite chapter in the Harry Potter series. If you were unaware before, my former favorite was chapter one of the entire series, The Boy Who Lived, followed by the Moritz map in Goblet of, uh, Goblet of Fire, Prisoner of Azkaban, followed by the Mayor of Erised in the very first book. But this chapter, ladies and gentlemen, trumps it all. As I oh. show to you from the fourth book in the Harry Potter series, chapter 17, The Four Champions. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is just another chapter, a book club style podcast. We talk about a new chapter of a book every single day. And as I've already mentioned, we are on to Harry Potter and specifically the Goblet of Fire. Jacob, how are you? I'm doing well, actually. The sun is shining. We're locked down in Ontario. I'm stuck. I'm not doing well. Are you up, are you up and you're stuck and you're up? Hey, hey. hey. No, I'm actually, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And yeah, this is a great chapter. So I'm doing actually greater than great i mean you're probably doing better than harry is right now after realizing that he is the fourth champion in the triwizard tournament a tournament that he says he did not enter so jacob please walk us through as you do every single day this chapter because it is one for the ages did he or did he not is the million dollar question Harry is super surprised and everyone is just staring at him after his name was called. He tells his friends he didn't put his name in the Goblet of Fire as they are. They know he didn't, or at least that's what he thinks. They're so astonished. Everyone is just can't believe what just happened. Super out of out of pocket what just happened. He gets uh, sent to a room where all the other champions are. Bagman joins them and is like, damn, well, I guess there are four champions now. Fleur Delacour says that there must have been a mistake. He is too young. Bagman says, nope, ain't no mistake. His name was pulled out. Um, he was called. Now he has to do the tournament. Then the door opens, followed. Uh, Dumbledore is uh, walking through. So are Mr. Crouch, Professor Karkarov, Madame Maxim, Professor McGonagall, and Snape. They all enter. And they're pretty confused as well. They need answers. Madame Maxim and Karkarov are demanding an explanation from Dumbledore because it is, in fact, at Hogwarts. And two Hogwarts students were pulled out of the Goblet of Fire. Snape says it's no one's fault but Harry's. Harry Potter himself. Don't blame Dumbledore. Uh, but Dumbledore interrupts him before he can even finish his sentence and says calmly to Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Harry says no. Harry says no one uh, put his name in for him. It, I had nothing to do with it. Madame Maxims just says he's lying. McGonagall defends Dumbledore and says, no, no, no. Ain't no way no one's lying here. Uh, something must be worked out. But this is just super weird. Uh, we'll get to the bottom of this. And then Karkaroff asks Bagman and Crouch, the impartial judge, like, what's up, boys? What, what are you going to do about this? Bagman says that the rules are the rules. We can't change anything. We can't restart the process. The Goblet of Fire won't reignite itself till the next tournament starts. So we just have to go with it. And then Karkarov threatens to leave. He says he'll never rejoin this tournament again. This is just, can't, can't do this. I'm, I'm mad, he says. Leave, mad. wants you anyway. <laughs> well, then leave, leave. 
Matt Moody also walks in and he says, yeah, right, bud, to Mr. Karkarov. Maxim and and Karkarov say they will file a complaint to the ministry. They want they don't they don't want let, let this happen. Matt Moody responds and says, um, the only person that should be actually complaining here is Harry himself, if at all. But he isn't complaining. So why are you guys complaining? Huh? Huh? And Fleur Delacour says, um, why would he complain at all? This is a great opportunity. He can win money. People would even die for this. And then Matt I. Moody says, maybe someone is hoping that Potter would die for it. Mm. And there's a bit of an awkward silence. And um, after that, Bagman says, that's a bit of a weird thing to say, Matt I. Moody. And Karkarov's like, yeah, that is a weird thing to say. He kind of piles on. Moody says, it must have been a skilled wizard. Uh, which or wizard who put his name in can't have couldn't have been a student maxim and karkarov are like oh is that so you seem to know a lot about this situation dumbledore tells basically tells them to just quiet down y'all nice he says he's <laughs> basically nice your beak he says and he says it is what it is though we must continue the show must go on it is the greatest show uh madam maxim continues to interrupt and says out but albis um, what do you suggest? Uh, what what what's what's popping? And he's like, uh, I don't know. Do you have any suggestions? Because like, we got to continue. She doesn't. It's a silent uh, moment. After that, no one has any answers. Bagman then gives instructions for the tournament itself. The first task is a task of courage and says can't really give any more information because any courage to go into a task just going to test your courage. Fair point. It will be in November, the first task. Uh, they can't ha have any help from teachers. All they have will be their wands and they are excused from doing the end of the year test. So pretty oh, wow. cool. Pretty cool, actually. It's a vibe, yeah. So Barty Crouch has to leave back to the ministry and the two uh, other headmasters leave with their students. Harry and Cedric leave as well. Um, and Cedric just asked Harry, how did you do it? He says he didn't do it. I didn't put my name in. Cedric just doesn't believe him, but he's too polite to kind of accuse him of lying. Harry doesn't know uh, what to do. No one believes him. He, he kind of, he knows he did do it. He would know what he's done. And he put, all he knows is that he fantasized about signing up, but never actually did. His mind kind of wanders and he starts thinking about what Mad-Eye Moody had said, that maybe somebody does want me dead. And then he thinks back to Lord Voldemort uh, and how he does want me dead, but how could he have done this? That doesn't make any sense. He's not here. He couldn't have put his name in. Uh, uh, he just doesn't really know. He doesn't have an answer. So Harry enters uh, the, the dorm room and Fred and George are congratulating him for beating the system. Harry says, I didn't do it. He's just so adamant. I didn't do this, but they're just so happy for him. And people in Gryffindor are like, all right, if it wasn't me, may as well be you. So Harry finally ends up going to bed after all that partying. They were forcing him to party and he goes up to bed and he sees Ron and Ron is absolutely just in a bad mood. He doesn't believe Harry at all. And it really seems like he's jealous. This frustrates Harry to like no end pretty much. And they clearly aren't on the same page and Harry goes to bed angry, basically. And so does Ron. And that's where the chapter ends. Sad this chapter from start to finish was unbelievable bro like 
I'm going to read you my quote right off the top, just so you can understand why I think this chapter is absolutely crazy. Okay. Are you ready for this? This is from the very first page and a half. So like once when you open this should be one of the very first things you say. And one of the first things of note you should say, Victor Crumb, Cedric Diggory and Fleur Delacour were grouped around the fire. They looked strangely impressive, silhouetted against the flames. Crumb hunched up and, and brooding was leaning against the mantelpiece, slightly apart from the other two. Cedric was standing with his hands behind his back, staring to the fire. Fleur Delacour was walking around when Harry walked in and threw back her sheet of long, silvery hair. The reason why that's my favorite quote. For Harry's entire life, his entire wizarding life specifically, he has been deemed this giant. This giant that can't be touched. He's beaten Voldemort not once, not twice, but three times. I mean, two and a half times. Like, he beat Tom Riddle, but we can basically say that was Voldemort. And for the first time in his life, he feels small. He feels infer- like inferior. And he specifically says that he's looking at their silhouettes. Because when you see a silhouette, it's most, it's sometimes bigger. Am I reading too much into this? Probably. But this chapter just made me imagine everything and anything because it was just such an outstanding chapter from start to finish with the emotion that Dumbledore had. Um, telling Harry, did you do it? Did you do it? To Snape just blaming him, to Mad-Eye Moody and everything that he said. And then Ron just not believing his best friend, I I think was the perfect cherry on top to finish this wonderful chapter. And that's why it's my favorite chapter, just because this is the most heightened emotion that we've had from Harry in the entirety of the series. I would even argue that this emotion that he's feeling here is stronger than the emotions that he felt when he found out that Sirius Black was a good guy. So, yeah. This is the first chapter that Harry and Ron don't agree on something. And it really, the way that it's described, it really feels like it puts a huge dent in their relationship. As we know, Ron, uh, his entire life has been kind of living in the shadows of his siblings. And now that he sees Harry once again get something that he wants is just something that Ron can't even fathom or can't even get around so that he goes to bed without kind of even hearing Harry out it's just it's such a intense moment and like you said it's almost like even more like the kind of feeling of rushing through whatever Harry's mind and as well as Ron not knowing how they'll kind of figure it out and kind of get back to what they, what they were two peas in a pod and the pod broke. And now what comes next? It's just really, really troubling moment and not something you'd expect from them being so close, agreeing on everything, but that's kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And that's why this is yeah a great chapter. That's not the only reason, but definitely one of the main reasons that kind of that broken feeling it feels like in their friendship yeah and we go over that like more in depth in tomorrow's episode when Hermione essentially tells them spoiler spoiler for anybody who hasn't read the chapter yet but Hermione tells Harry that the reason why Ron's angry is because he's jealous so yeah 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 Yeah. but quite honestly Jacob like 
I just absolutely, like, I don't know. What was your favorite part of this entire chapter? That was definitely probably my favorite part is the the end where Ron and Harry, Harry's just going upstairs. He didn't want to even see everyone. He didn't want to party at all. He just wanted to see his friends and tell them, I didn't do this. I didn't want to do this. But Hermione isn't there and it's only Ron and he doesn't believe him. So I think that was my kind of favorite part. But another part that is just super interesting is Mad-Eye Moody bringing up that maybe somebody wants Harry dead. We alluded to it in the other chapters how dangerous this uh, Triwizard Tournament is. It got disbanded for a long, long time because wizards were dying. There was a high death toll uh, throughout the history of the Triwizard Tournament. So now they've come around and made it safer by not allowing underage wizards. And Harry's very much so an underage wizard and he's going to be in the Triwizard Tournament. He has no way of getting out of it. Dumbledore said, if your name gets called, you have to do it. And that's what Harry's going to have to do. So it's very interesting who put his name in the Goblet of Fire. And that's also a very interesting line in the in the book, how Dumbledore asked him, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? He asked calmly. And then, yep. And, and, and which is so like, different from, from the movie where Dumbledore just runs in and rushes Harry and shakes him up. It's like, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? But it's so different this time, although he is kind of very kind of shocked and upset with Harry. It seems like he doesn't he says it calmly because he's still a very kind of proper wizard. He's he knows how to keep his emotions in check. And he's uh, I don't know, he he trusts the process. He just wants to see things out instead of rushing to any type of conclusion. So there's a lot of stuff in this chapter that is really interesting. But to me, the biggest two things are the possibility of Harry dying, who put the, his name in the Goblet of Fire, the what Mad-Eye Moody brings out, and then the, the kind of fracture in Ron and Harry's friendship are the kind of two biggest pieces in this chapter. But there's just a lot in general. So yeah, pretty good. Pretty darn good. No, you're right. A lot of things did happen. I'm just going to rattle off a couple of these things that happened that really stood out to me. Um, because as, I don't know if you can, I can't speak. I don't know if you realize or not, Jacob, but I was a big fan of this chapter. Huge fan, actually. You were, you were, and you still are. And I agree. I agree. I also was a big fan of this chapter. So when Dumbledore, when Professor McGonagall is like, Dumbledore could not have made a mistake. And Dumbledore replies with, it is possible, of course, that he made a mistake. A, I don't know if this is meant to be funny or, or like humble, but I took it as funny. Humble brag. Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, okay, like the greatest wizard of our time is being like, yeah, I probably could have made a mistake. Maybe. Like, I'm, I'm just a wizard. I'm not perfect day. after all. Exactly. I love that part. I thought that part was super funny. And then to make it a little bit more serious is like you mentioned in your review, uh, your recap, sorry. When Fleur says, why should he complain? Uh, Bursa Fleur de la Cour stamping her foot. He has the chance to compete, hasn't he? We've all been open to be choosing for weeks and weeks. The honor for our schools, a thousand galleons in prize money. This is the chance many would die for. And then Moody replies with, maybe someone's hoping Potter is going to die for it. I think that two word, uh, that like those two sentence exchange between Fleur and Moody is very telling on how everybody sees 
Harry Potter in this scenario, it's, you know, Victor Crumb and you could assume that Victor, Cedric and Fleur all feel the same, that they've been hoping for this, like since the moment they found out that the Triwizard Tournament is coming back. And from the second they got picked, it's nothing but joy, nothing but their schools uh, cheering and clapping and being in love with them to everyone else seeing Harry being like, who wants him dead? For those who believe Harry specifically that he didn't do it, is who wants Harry Potter dead? Because like Moody said, you'd need a very skilled wizard to do it. Probably um, probably drop him in as a fourth school. Very specific, by the way. Very specific thing. So yeah. did, did Moody do it? Suspect. And we've had that kind of feeling all the way around from Mad-Eye Moody. He said a lot of very weird things. He's got a troubled past. So sometimes you don't know if it's because he's oversharing or if it's because he knows things that we don't know. And that's kind of how his character is presented. So I don't know, like Karkarov and Madame Maxim said, you, you your explanation seems super detailed. Why do you know so much? I don't know. It's a lot of mystery surrounding him as well. Um, overall, Mad-Eye Moody is a very interesting character and there's a lot that we don't know about him yet. But he knows a lot about the dark arts and this whoever put the name in the Goblet of Fire most likely knows a lot about the dark arts as well. So he understands. And like what he said in the past, he has to know the dark arts to be able to fight people with the dark arts. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting. And he's, uh, he's onto something um, for sure. One thing that I really enjoyed um, on this is you're right. Moody, he needs to know about all these dark things. And that was a perfect, perfect kind of get out like he he knows what happened so as of right now he's on my watch list as to potential people who could do it because he's kind of creepy he's kind of creepy but i love him as we've mentioned and highlighted in previous chapters but he is kind of creepy so he is on my watch list but one thing i did love is in a room where it seemed as if everyone but two people sorry one person dumbledore was against harry um Moody came in and stood up for him. Something Dumbledore wasn't doing. Dumbledore was asking him, um, did you do it? Did you do it? Well, the boy didn't do it. And, and we kind of just left it at that. Whereas Moody was just defending him through and through. Quote, if anyone's got a reason to complain, it's Potter, growled Moody. But funny thing, I don't hear him saying a word. It's like Jacob, the guy is just like, starstruck how do people think that he is a good enough wizard where when he's like not doing too well in most of his classes by the way that the book explains everything and then on top of that also he's a fourth year wizard who what has gone luckily out of every scenario he's in think about it book one in the what's it called sorcerer's stone or Philosopher's Stone. I forget which one I am. Philosopher's Stone, but it's okay. Sorcerer's Philosopher's Stone. Stone. Okay, whatever. Dumbledore is the one who saves him. In Chamber of Secrets, who saves him? It wasn't all of him. It wasn't all him. Somebody goes and saves him. Phoenix helped quite a bit. Yeah, the Phoenix helped. And if I'm not mistaken, Ron is the one who pulled out um, Gryffindor's sword. If I'm not mistaken. No, that was Harry. Harry, my apologies. Or, but uh, the sword was sent down by Dumbledore essentially yeah and then it ended up with Harry and then in book three really 
it was Snape who helped them, but also it was the fact that Lupin and Sirius just wanted Pettigrew out. So Harry technically has never done anything to, to demonstrate that he is this outstanding and fascinating wizard. So the notion that Harry is conjuring this amazing dark magic is is truly outstanding of a thought because a he there's no fucking track record for this man to fucking do it b Mm -hmm. he hasn't had a consistent fucking teacher ever in defense against the dark arts so how the fuck's he gonna know the dark arts if he doesn't have a teacher to fucking you you know what i mean yeah good point and to like to kind of expand on that there's what moody says is it had to have been a, just a powerful witch or wizard it can't couldn't have been a student and it's evident i mean fred and george for them being kind of goofballs and not necessarily caring as much they're still very good wizards and talented but they couldn't get by that same thing with other students who try to get by that we see that in this chapter how uh, Dumbledore kind of pokes fun at them yeah. so it had to have been someone who is talented in the dark arts and knows enough about it and that's obviously not Harry Harry for his kind of flaws he's definitely still has a lot to learn as a wizard he's shown some flashes of great potential with his Patronus and just being able to command a broomstick playing Quidditch he's like kind of a, an average wizard for the most part like he shows flashes of talent and he's definitely gotten a lot of luck when it comes to fighting Voldemort and a lot of kind of circumstantial kind of help. So it couldn't have been him. It had to have been somebody else. And I mean, that's just the mystery. But like you kind of started your your bit there, Dumbledore comes in kind of playing devil's advocate. But then Mad-Eye Moody is fully vouching for Harry, saying there's no way he did this. Um, but it is what it is, kind of. He's He's got to do it. But he wouldn't, he, if anything, he, he should be complaining, but he's not, he's going to do it. And he's kind of has confidence in him. He's kind of pushing that kind of thing where he's just got to do it. Uh, It wasn't him, but he's got to do it. You guys just back off. The shame, the fucking pain that Harry gets, the disrespect that he, he garners. Yeah. And he just also, he didn't want to do this. He was only imagining it. And once his name was called, he felt awful. He didn't yeah. want to do this. He wants to get out of this. And what the fuck is up Snape's ass? Like, why is he always the first to blame Harry? Once again, it's it's that that vendetta he still has against James Potter. He's kind of passed that on to Harry Potter. It sure seems like no matter what he does, he surely still is mad about how that last book ended in the Prisoner of Azkaban, him taking away his Order of Merlin, essentially, by helping uh, Sirius Black escape. He doesn't know if it's Harry, but he has a he has a strong assumption that it was him. Um, yeah, no, essentially, like, <laughs> um, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just so in love with this chapter. I'm just sorry. I was yeah. at a loss for words for a second. Yeah, it really is just special, special chapter, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Sorry. Can you just quickly go over what you said again for the Snape thing? My mom came in and she was screaming at me down. I'm, I'm not sure if you heard. I, I heard a little bit. So yeah, no, I think he just kind of passed on his, his vendetta against, uh, 
James Potter to Harry and he's still mad about how the last book ended where he just lost the order of Merlin. He doesn't know directly that Sirius was saved by Harry, but he's got a strong kind of assumption that that happened. So that's kind of seems like what's up Snape's ass is, is Harry's just screwing with him. Even if it's not on purpose, he just, he's just mad. He's just mad. But doesn't he have every right to be angry at Harry? A little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, do I have an issue with Snape always being angry? Yeah, I fucking do. But I also, I understand it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Jacob, before we go into our chapter awards? Uh, no, I think this was a, g- a good chapter. And this is Harry. This is like, I think this might be one of the first times I've given Harry chapter winner. <laughs> I think. Really? Uh, in this in this book, there hasn't been as many Harry yeah. chapter winners. Um, so yeah, Harry uh, for because this chapter is about him at the end of the day. So I don't really have much to add about that. We kind of touched on just about everything involving Harry, his thought process, people accusing him, people defending him, people maybe want to see him die. We don't know who that is, but somebody surely does uh, as evident that dark magic was used to get past that age bar. So Harry Potter is my chapter winner. And I also give this chapter five out of five. It's a good one. It's a good one. So I'm giving this chapter 12 out of five. What? You can't do that. Sorry. Okay. Five out of five, five broomsticks out of five broomsticks. Yet, yet my chapter winner is actually Mad-Eye Moody okay just i've already i've already gotten over why like just him standing up for harry um when nobody else was and dumbledore is in that room also something that just can't really go um unseen though it is yet to be seen if he's a good guy or a bad guy because i actually am starting to get skeptical of him because he probably knew exactly the only way to get around the goblet of fire and did he tell someone about it we'll see I don't know. It's a mystery. It's a mystery indeed. Yep. So, Jacob, did you give us your quote yet? I'm not sure you did. Mine, I kind of did already. It's the, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Oh, yeah. He asked calmly. Harry says, no. Uh, he was very aware. Everybody was watching him closely. Snape made a soft noise of impatient disbelief in the shadows. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of liked it just because the contrast of the movie, that was just the one that kind of caught my eye. I've been waiting for this line. Yeah. <laughs> there's a nice, there's a nice video on YouTube where it's, it's like takes a screen cap of that piece in the book. And then it like kind of juxtapose it with the, the movie. And it's pretty funny. So yeah, I suggest that. Yeah. Um, the movie scene, they kind of, they kind of like dropped the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't really, you can't really fault them. They're kind of dumb for it, but Hey, they uh they dropped the ball um anyways guys that has been just another chapter chapter 17 oh my god what is this chapter called oh my god uh the the fourth champion the fourth champion i thought it was um the four champions sorry and i thought this was the wing of the wands but that's tomorrow's episode so make sure to come back for chapter 18 the wing of the wands for jacob i'm joe deuces my guys